So we're back again today to memorize and meditate on the Word of God together. Thanks for carving out some time to do this. Now this is day four. This is our Thursday installment. So if you've not had a chance to go back and look at the videos for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I would encourage you to look at our Facebook page and also trinityepc.com. You can find the videos on either site. And what that will do is allow you to catch up to where we are today. You don't just want to jump in in the middle. There's some real good background that we have there for you. So we just want to encourage you and remind you that meditation is simply slowing down and going deeper with Scripture. Uh, there's some real advantages to reading Scripture straight through and just getting into our hearts. But there's real depth of insight and growth that takes place when we slow down take scripture bit by bit, and allow the Holy Spirit to ask us some really probing questions when it comes to what we're reading and how it applies to our life. We don't just want to encounter scripture, we want it to transform our life through obedience. So I'm going to pray for us and invite the Holy Spirit to teach us today, and then we'll jump into 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So Lord, we come and we want to thank you for the word of God that we can have in our language. What a privilege it is to be able to read it, to have the opportunity to memorize it, and also to meditate on it. So Holy Spirit, will you advance us in that direction? Fill us now so that we can understand it well and build into the kingdom all that you have for us. Bless every person that's watching this video now and glorify yourself in their lives as they grow closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this far in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, here's what Paul said. He said, if we're out of our mind, it's for the sake of Christ. If we're in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us. For we are convinced that all died. Sorry. For we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And this is where we'll pick up today in verse 18. All this is from God, who has reconciled us to himself in Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the whole world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So what a beautiful thing that is unpacked for us, that God has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? What does reconciliation mean? Well, it means bringing two parties who are in conflict against each other together and solving their differences, really getting down to the root issue of what's happening between them and bringing peace between the two parties. We live in a culture that we fully understand what brokenness looks like. We understand how we have conflict on so many different levels, and we understand the need for reconciliation. But one of the things I think that we lose sight of is that true, heartfelt forgiveness and reconciliation is only going to come in the power of the gospel. As we have been reconciled to God through the gospel, the blood of Jesus has been shed for our sin, we've placed our faith in him, and now we are reconciled to God so that we're holy in his sight. Now we have the opportunity to be reconciled to any human being. Because as we've been forgiven, we are called to forgive others, to overlook sin and to confess it and own it, and to allow it uh, to be washed in the blood of Jesus so that we can have peace with each other. 
believers should be on the forefront of reconciliation. We have the real tools that allow people to be reconciled no matter what their differences is, are politically, culturally, financially, whatever it is, the gospel can overcome all of those differences. So Paul was deeply appreciative that he had been reconciled to God, and he was trying to communicate to us that we too have been reconciled. And because of that, having been reconciled, we've been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. So what's the ministry of reconciliation? It's going out into the world, advancing the kingdom of God, in the power of the Holy Spirit who indwells us, specifically by sharing the gospel with those who don't understand it. People who are far from God need to understand that there is a God who loves them, that there is the opportunity to be forgiven of their sins, that their past can be radically covered in the blood of Jesus, and that they can find real transformation, that the things they're living for are not the things they should be living for, and that we should be ambassadors for that. We're going to talk about that a little bit tomorrow, what it's like to actually be ministers of reconciliation. So my question for you and I is, do we have a focus in our life that every day of our life and everything that we should do, that we should be focused on being ministers of reconciliation, people that communicate the way to be reconciled, people that are clear in our presentation of the gospel, people that can demonstrate what a reconciled life to God looks like and who live lives that are reconciled to others, people who look over offenses and don't pick them up and allow them to dominate their life, people who forgive others when we're wronged, people who don't handle conflict like the world does but are able to work through conflict and forgive each other and move on in peace, people who speak to people with respect and treat them with the love of God as image bearers of God and as those who are infinitely valuable to the Lord. That's a powerful ministry. And as we demonstrate that, then we have the opportunity for people to see that contrast in our life and to desire that so that they can know the Lord and walk with him in that. We should be looking in every avenue that God gives us throughout our week for opportunities to see people reconciled to God. We've been given that ministry. Not only that, but he says, we've been entrusted with the message of reconciliation, which is what we're going to look at a little bit more tomorrow in depth as we finish up this section. So I want to encourage you with just a few pointers as we finish up today. Meditation is simply walking through scripture, word by word, statement by statement, trying to tie those scriptures and ideas together in its original context, looking at the whole of the chapter, the book, where it fits in the Bible and allowing those things to nurture us in the Holy Spirit so that we can learn them, internalize them, and then obey them through the Holy Spirit. And one of the best avenues to do that is to memorize Scripture and own it in our heart so that meditation can take place anywhere. How are you doing with memorization? Have you set out to figure out a plan and a way to do that? If not, I'm going to leave you with that challenge today. Figure out a way to practically hide the Word of God in your heart so that meditation can take place anywhere. Thanks for making time today. Let me pray for you. Father God, it is a gift to have the Word of God at our disposal. Lord, would you give us the courage, the strength, and the discipline to hide it in our heart and to know it well, so that we can internalize it deeply in the power of the Holy Spirit and apply it to our life in obedience. We trust that you're going to expand our ability to learn your Word, expand our mental abilities, our discipline, and provide time for us to review the verses you've told us to hide in our heart 
so that we can honor you in meditation. We trust you to do it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See you tomorrow.